Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is and always has been brought to you by Navman. Now, I was at my local Bunnings on the weekend, and I have to quickly say, love my barbecues at Bunnings. Bit upset that the price is going up as of this weekend. However, I was cashing in on the cheaper snags at the moment. But it was being run by the fire department. There was the local fireies there and they had their fire trucks. Obviously, my son and I were just, you know, loving looking at looking at these trucks. But what I did notice inside two of the trucks that were there were Navman navigation units. Yep. Now, couldn't exactly make out which one it was, but I would have hoped it was the MyCam truck. Now, the MyCam truck is one that I would recommend, obviously, for trucks because of a number of reasons. Firstly, seven inch screen, nice big screen. But the best bit is that despite the navigation that's strongly built in, it has got the dash cam as well. So it is going to record everything that it's seeing in front of you. However, you also can start to enter in the measurements. What's the total weight, the axle weight? What's the total length of your vehicle? Is it a B double? You can really enter in all of those details, even the height to make sure you're not going to go and get stuck underneath any bridges. You're not going to get caught out on any of the intersections or corners that you're taking. This is absolutely the kind of navigation that you need if you're driving a large vehicle, a fire truck for sure, but otherwise any other truck would be something to consider as well. I really recommend it. And this for a number of reasons. This isn't the kind of technology you're going to find in any smartphone app at all. This is why you do need a Navman navigation unit in your big haul vehicle. That's why the Fireys are using it. It means that you're, they're going to get from A to B and hopefully B is the place that you want to have that fire extinguished immediately as fast as possible. They chose Navman, so should you. Let's get on with the show. Rasembrasma, Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Thank you for tuning in for starters. And thank you to those who have been leaving reviews. If you do have an Apple device and you're listening to this on Apple device, jump into Apple Podcasts, jump into the podcast and leave a review. One star, five stars, as many stars as you like, 10 stars, even better. But I don't think that's an option. Please, I enjoy it. I enjoy reading them. I enjoy hearing from you all. It's always an absolute pleasure. Now, tonight, today, I got a glass of something different. It ain't wine. It ain't wine. It's the stuff that the uh, people on the, I don't know, the first fleet drank. Maybe it was gin. I'm drinking a lot of gin today. It's from Bombay Sapphire. Now, this is a premier crew. This is, I guess, one of their more premium versions of their gin. Now, this is called a Mercurian or Mercian. I can't pronounce it. M-U-R-C-I-A. It's a Spanish place. However, it's a lemon zing inside this gin. And I've made myself what's called a premier crew and tonic. Now, this is the kind of stuff I don't traditionally drink. However, 50 mils of Bombay Sapphire, 100 mils of tonic water, lemon twist, a stack of ice in the glass, gave it a bit of a stirry stir, and here we are. Look, I'll be honest, I'm not a big gin drinker, and I may have had it once on the show before, not crazy about it, but with the lemon, the sweetness that that brings, kind of enjoying it. I actually would be tempted to add a little bit of sugar, or sugar syrup, I think is the right ingredient to use here, but I would love to make this a little bit sweeter or maybe take the lemon out and put lime in. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. It's refreshing. It's certainly not the right weather for it, but I'm actually kind of enjoying this as something a little different from time to time than just traditional wine. Now, today on the show, we're going to talk about three news topics, three news topics real quick. 
And then we're going to jump into soundbars. Now, I think everyone needs a soundbar. And I'm not saying that on behalf of the soundbar consortium of Australia, because that doesn't exist. But what I'm saying is we all have these big, beautiful TVs. We invest big dollars into televisions, but we forget about the audio. And I've been looking at a bunch of soundbars from small to large, and I really think it is something that we need to start digging into further. So we'll get into that as the second half of the show. First of all, let's get into the news. Now, I found this interesting during the week reading this story. I think when most people think about the word Bluetooth, it's something that has just existed for a long time and just continues to exist on our devices. I don't think a lot of people know how many iterations of Bluetooth have been existing and the improvements that have come from different versions of Bluetooth on our devices and obviously the improvements that have come with that along the way. Now, the next iteration of Bluetooth, yes, because we have them, um, is going to bring two interesting features. One is a much significant increase in audio quality. A lot of people, a lot of audiophiles would be saying to you that Bluetooth takes away some of the, the beautiful sounds of our music if you're not hardwired in. And I get that, but the convenience of Bluetooth has usually trumped that in the past. Now we're going to get the best of both worlds. That's 345 kilobits per second of audio quality. Um, we'll be able to come through the new version of Bluetooth instead of 240, which will be a nice upgrade. But the biggest thing that I think is actually very interesting here is this. We are about to see an emergence of the new Bluetooth technology that allows us to connect unlimited devices to a single source. So think about this example here. I mean, obviously our smartphones, you probably have a smartwatch, maybe your Bluetooth headphones, it handles that no problem. But what about the TV in your living room? The TV in your living room probably has Bluetooth. And I've at times connected a pair of headphones to the TV. I love it. It's a great way of watching something up loud without disturbing the entire house or gaming and stuff like that. But with an unlimited devices upgrade, that would mean that you could actually have everybody on the couch with their own Bluetooth headphones, bring your own, your AirPods, your Bang & Olufsen, whatever it is, bring your own headphones. We can all sit in the living room, put headphones in and enjoy something as loud as we like. And again, this comes back down to mum and dad wanting to watch something with their own Bluetooth headphones well, while the kids are asleep. It could be all of the kids. Maybe there's three kids. Maybe there's a slumber party, whatever. And they don't want to wake up the parents. They could be using Bluetooth headphones and an unlimited amount. So you don't need to share a little left and right earbud anymore to do that. They could have both sides all wired in, all using Bluetooth to your television with the next version. Now, the best part here is that we'll probably see a number of devices receive this as an upgrade. This is a software thing. This isn't necessarily going to be a hardware limitation. So this is an exciting one, and I can't wait to see it only because I have plenty of people who call on radio. They say, you know, I struggle with hearing, whatever. Neighbors don't like the fact that I turn the TV up so loud. What can I do? And yes, you can have one person connecting their headphones, but when it's, you know, two people, that's a difference. And I think that's going to be an important one to check out. And also then to understand different volume controls for each of them as well. I think that would be another benefit. Not everyone wants their Bluetooth headphones to be as loud as the next person. Could one person have it louder than the person sitting next to them? Again, if you suffer from hearing loss, that could be a uh, potential advantage as well. So exciting stuff. And I think it was just something worth touching on. Now, speaking of audio, Samsung. Samsung have joined the sound tower I don't know, trend, craze. I don't know what it was through COVID, but obviously people decided that parties was the next thing to do. Uh, partying in your own space, whether it was backyard, camping, 
um, whatever. No one wants to seem to go to a club anymore. That's what I did when I was younger. Maybe that's not what's happening anymore. I don't know. The kids just want to pull out these giant speakers and have their own party. Now, I've tested a bunch of speakers in this category before, uh, one of them being from a company called Soundbox, B-O-K-S, and their speakers are phenomenal. I have one of them still. It's in the shed. It's a $1,500 Bluetooth speaker, but it can seriously create your own concert in a backyard. It's a beast, and it weighs a ton too. Like I put it in the wheelbarrow when I want to move it around the place, uh, but I actually do use it. I really enjoy taking this speaker um, setting it up in the backyard and sort of working without headphones in my ears, but still hearing it extremely loud wherever I go. Now, I say Samsung has entered into this space. They've done so with three speakers and they've been named at the Sound Tower range. We've got the MXST90B, MXST50B, MXST40B. The biggest difference between all of these will be the amount of audio punch that comes from them. From a um, looks perspective, obviously the size will increase, but then you'll have the flashy lights and multiple speakers built in, and the functionality is much the same. So you're going to get these flashing party lights, these RGB sort of colors. Um, they say it's going to be crisp, loud audio, which I'm sure it is. It's just going to be um, a weapon to your neighbors. But the best part here is the price. You can come in at 1700 watts of power, four woofers, two tweeters. It's even got microphone jacks. It's got USB ports. It's got built-in wheels. We're talking about, we're talking about big, the big dog here, the ST90B. It literally is like a karaoke party in a box. It's, it's everything. It's crazy, crazy. And we're talking about built-in batteries here too, right? So you know, 18 hours of Bluetooth battery life means that you could take this with you on holidays and potentially not pack the charger. It will just work wherever you go. I'm surprised that these you know, these, um, what are these extension rebellion people? I'm surprised they're not just taking these into the city, buy a bunch of them and just blast this annoying sound and really upset the people who are trying to work. That would be a smart thing to do, but maybe it's being able to afford the speakers. I don't know, because here's the, here's the kicker. The range starts at 699, sorry, 559, then 699. And that tops out with the big dog at 1500 bucks, the same price as that Soundbox speaker. Now, the big difference here, this one from Soundbox at 1500 bucks doesn't have flashy party lights. It's just got a big old grill. It looks like you could throw it against a wall and it would survive. Whereas the Samsung is a little bit more elegant, but it has the flashy party lights. So I don't need the flashy party lights. I just want the big sound. So I do like the Soundbox for that reason. But if you're someone who is actually trying to create a little disco in the bush or in the middle of a CBD because you're protesting, maybe the Samsung is for you. It's interesting that we've gotten to this space. I didn't think that we ever needed it, but here we are. Here's me saying I use it when I do gardening. And there are some people who may get together and not go to a club to hear a DJ or a band. They just bring one of these big speakers and upset the neighbors. I don't know. Now, Netflix. Let's get into this one real quick. Netflix has lost a million subscribers. They're saying it's actually better than they expected. They thought they would lose more. Now, the reason I'm talking about this isn't because I want to try and tell you whether you should or shouldn't subscribe to Netflix. But what I am saying is that you need to start remembering that these services, there's no contract. You're never locked in. And I think what we have realized is that we've got Netflix, Stan, Disney+, Amazon Prime. Well, this goes on. You need to start really looking at the shows that you want to watch, watching them, and then unsubscribing. The reason being is that there are probably months that have gone by where you've paid the $25 for Netflix and not used it once. That $25 could have been used in a different streaming service. 
or even just left in your pocket, maybe put towards a coffee, maybe a bottle of wine, who knows? And I really think that, yes, Netflix is saying they've lost a million subscribers, but for me, that would actually be only at a certain point in time. Because I can tell you that I have left Netflix and I've come back and I've left again. I pop in and pop out. I watch what content I want to watch. I unsubscribe. I get out. I also don't subscribe to the 4K version anymore. I now just go the HD. That's half the price. About 10 bucks I pay for Netflix instead of the 24. Yes, I don't get 4K, but I'm telling you, even full HD, I'm not upset. Do I really need to see Tom Segura's latest stand up in 4K? Nope. Doesn't make a difference to me. So why do I care? Some people will care. Fine. Go ahead and get the $24 a month one. But I really recommend to people, cancel a subscription when you finish watching what content you wanted. Pay attention to the next releases and things that are coming out on all your streaming platforms and chop and change as you like. Save some money. Nothing wrong with it. And it literally takes three seconds to re-sign up. You type your password in because it, just, it doesn't actually remove your account. You just hit reactivate and you're back on. Something to consider, something worth checking out. Let's talk about soundbars because I guess, you know, from all of this, Bluetooth, big speakers, streaming, let's think about soundbars and ways that you can really put some money towards stuff that will improve that experience in your living room. Now, so many of us, especially through the pandemic, upgraded our televisions. We spent more time at home. We didn't go to the cinemas because they were shut and we were bored. We needed to invest our money in something. We couldn't go on holidays. What were we going to spend $2,000, $3,000 on that year? We spent it on a TV and we went big. It seems like most people bought 65-inch, 75-inch TVs last year. That's where the big trend has been. And if you've done that and you went all out, you spent big money, but you didn't get permission to also upgrade your soundbar or buy a soundbar, you've missed out on something. And you know you have. You've been watching this TV. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Content looks better. TV looks better. You wake up in the morning and life feels better. It doesn't sound better. It sounds the same as your last TV. It's a thin, sexy thing without a voice. You don't see many slim opera singers. You just don't. Even Adele. Not the skinniest. There's a reason for that. She needs to be able to get some lungs and project a voice. And that's what makes a big difference. Now, when it comes to TVs, the one thing that we've learned is that, yes, TV companies are working hard to innovate the speaker area of their televisions. They know that they're getting thinner and sexier. And I've seen some brands even use the screen to reverberate to try and increase the audio that you receive from your television. But even that isn't necessarily enough to justify that 75-inch display sounding as good as it looks. So soundbars come into play. The good thing about soundbars, one connection to power, one connection to the telly, that's it. You don't need to run wires across the room, in the ceiling. You know, there's no big 5.1 you know, speaker setup that you need to run speakers around the room for and wiring into the corners and drill holes in the walls, none of that. It's just a soundbar that sits on your entertainment unit. They can be wall-mounted if you wanted to, but they can just drop on to an entertainment unit and it just works. From a branding perspective, yes. Matching a branded television with a branded soundbar of the same kind does bring benefits. And we've spoken about this on the show before. It also matters at the time of purchase that you're buying the same generation soundbar because it's usually engineered to work perfectly with that generation television. And I can tell you that because I've got 
a Samsung soundbar in my office that sits into a TV that's probably three years older than the soundbar. And they work together as well as it does of me getting any other branded soundbar. The actual integration is missed. And it's a big downfall when it comes to that. So I will call, call that out quickly, that it is important that if you are buying a new TV today, you do consider buying a soundbar to match on that day as well, or go and jump elsewhere like Sonos, Bose, and others, which we're about to talk about. So for any budget, there is absolutely a soundbar for you. And one of the soundbars that we've spoken about on the show quite recently was the Sonos Ray. And I've included this as one of my favorite small soundbars, $399. This is a soundbar that will lift your TV 10 notches. It really does make a massive difference despite the size of this soundbar, how much better your TV can just sound immediately. Now, it is a single unit. It's not terribly wide, but it does have the left and right speakers are angled outwards, and you do notice some sound separation as you're watching the TV, so it doesn't feel like it's all coming from a center speaker. It does feel like there is some nice separation there, which I've enjoyed. Now, when I say that, though, this is the sort of soundbar that could easily fit where you used to keep your VCR or DVD player in the entertainment unit. So that means it doesn't actually need to sit on top of the entertainment unit. It is small enough to fit into one of those spots. It's, it's about 50 centimeters wide. It's not terribly big. But at 400 bucks, it's a single connection to the TV and power. The other part to that, it is a Sonos soundbar. So with Sonos means multi-room audio. If you've got more than one Sonos speaker in the house, suddenly you've now got the ability to play music on, in both rooms from the one app. There are some really nice features that do come from having Sonos in the home. I have these Sonos speakers everywhere. And uh, I love it when people come over. You can literally be walking from one end of the house to the other and you just hear the same song as if it's literally built into your ears as you walk through the home. It's a really nice experience and you can build that with this. Now, the Ray can be expanded. You can actually add the sub. You can add rear speakers if you want to. But this is probably better suited for smaller living rooms or a bedroom or something like that. It hasn't necessarily got the power to fill a large living room or a home theater. You wouldn't get the best experience from that. But smaller rooms, it's absolutely perfect for it. Now, the other thing I will call out to, this has not got any voice assistance built in. You can't talk to it. You can't ask for music to play on it. It all has to be either app controlled or from the TV. The other thing is it only works via optical. There's no HDMI connection on the soundbar, which I find very strange on a new model device. That's a bit disappointing. So optical cable to the TV. Um, you still use the TV remote to control the volume and things like that, but it's just one of those things. I would have thought HDMI would have made more sense in this day and age, but here we are with optical. Um, it comes in black and white. I have one here in black and I enjoy it. I think it's a really nice soundbar depending on the room that it's obviously going in. Now, there's some people who will warm out their TV and they do that for aesthetic purposes. It looks better. Maybe they don't even have an entertainment unit. Everything runs through the television, streaming apps, things like that. But when you do want to upgrade the audio, you will be thinking, well, where am I going to put the soundbar? Soundbars look ugly and it's going to ruin this beautiful appearance that I've built. Whenever I hear that, I get it. You know, I get that, you know, the reason that we bought a Samsung frame uh, many, many years ago was because we wanted a new TV that didn't look like a big black rectangle on the wall. That's why I went with the Samsung frame. Soundbars should be no exception. You should have the same look and feel and happiness in your living room that when people come around, it doesn't look like an eyesore. There is a soundbar from Samsung known as the S series. The S series usually is more of a looks and luxury 
design. Um, in the past, they were covered in fabric. This year, it looks like it was designed by like a Mari Kondo, more simple, very elegant, um, usually a bit thinner as well. And the one that I've been looking at here, the S series, uh, it's the new generation as well. This really packs everything into it. It's a five channel soundbar with Dolby Atmos capabilities. Uh, and it's all in the one unit. You don't need to get a separate subwoofer, although you could, uh, but it really tries to pack everything into the one soundbar. Uh, again, this one comes in, in a beautiful white as well, or a grayish white, um, and it looks fantastic. If you're somebody who is going to be more, you know, sensitive around the looks of the soundbar, uh, because it is a room that you more maybe sit around and have coffee in rather than just want it to be a home theater, uh, that it would be the one that I would recommend to people. Again, this soundbar will work with an LG TV or a Hisense and stuff like that. But if it is connected to a Samsung television, you will get those added benefits. And it could be that the TV uses its speakers in combination with the soundbar to actually choose. Maybe the vocals come from the TV speakers and the rest of the audio comes from the soundbar. There is some real great advantages to doing that. Again, sticking to your generations if, you, if possible. Now that one, 599. So we've stepped up a couple of hundred bucks here, but you are going to get more channels of audio. You will have Dolby Atmos compatibility, uh, meaning it will try its best to produce Dolby Atmos, but you know, it's not necessarily um, the biggest soundbar, it hasn't got as many speakers built in as into the one we're about to speak about. So, you know, take the Dolby Atmos thing with a pinch of salt, really. Now, Hisense. I didn't think I was going to talk about Hisense today, but after testing their latest soundbar, I had to include it. The Hisense U5120G. First of all, I'm so sick of crappy product model names especially when you've got to talk about this stuff or on radio, because you're telling people to go and investigate a product or continue their research into one direction, and you're literally telling them to write down U5120G. Imagine walking into a JB Hi-Fi and saying, hey, I'd like to see um, U5120G. I would like to hear that if possible. The guy at JB with his pink hair has got no idea what you just said. He won't know where to go. So anyway, that aside, this is a 5.1.2 channel soundbar with 11 speakers. It's, got, it's a very wide soundbar. It also comes with the subwoofer as well. It does come with its own remote. Now, the reason I've included this is because if bang for your buck is important, this is hard to go by. You could almost stop listening and hear this part and ignore the next soundbar I'm going to talk about because this one packs a lot of punch. It does a very good job of trying to give you a Dolby Atmos experience by shooting audio around the room. But with the subwoofer in included, you actually get a lot of product for what you're paying for it. The 11 speakers built into the one soundbar plus the subwoofer, which does pack a decent punch. It's a wireless subwoofer, so it just needs power. It doesn't need a physical connection to the soundbar itself. And with um, HDMI connection to the TV, it's using EAIC as the, as the codec between them, meaning I have, I have not once touched the Hisense remote. I could use that if I want to actually Bluetooth stream to the soundbar, but when it's connected just to the TV, when I turn the TV on, the soundbar turns on. When I change the volume, so does the soundbar as well. It's, it's that simple. You've also got this technology built into it that it will actually detect whether you're watching a movie, sports, or gaming, and things like that, and it will actually adjust its um, equalizers and tuning immediately based on what you're watching. 
And that's a great thing when you're concerned about, oh, is it, is it sounding correctly? If I have people over for a movie, will they think it's not tuned back properly? Will it just sound bad? No, it makes a massive difference when the audio can tweak automatically to suit the content that you're watching. You want movies to be a little bit more heavier on the bass than, say, sports. You want commentary. You want to hear the you want to hear the commentator when you're watching sports compared to when you're watching a movie. You want those big explosions and things like that in the room. So, the soundbar does that. This is genuinely a very impressive package at seven nine nine. This is all recommended retail price. So, for most of these products, excluding Sonos, you will find these reduced. And I say 799, do some research, you'll probably find it for less. So for less than 800 bucks, you could get this soundbar, which again, I have it plugged into our 8K um, Samsung TV in the living room. It, it's like they just work together just fine. No problems at all. No difference. Um, I pulled the one off that was there, plugged this one in, and away I was going. It was that simple. It was dead set, the simplest thing to do. There's no reason why you couldn't mismatch brands, um, but it just works. So, you know, I'm happy with that. However. Not everyone would be happy with that. And some people have a higher budget and that's great. If you, can, if you can spend more, you will notice the difference. However, at this point, as we start to get from that high sense to the next products we'll talk about, the changes of experience, the percentage is less. So when I go from Sonos Ray to that high sense, it's about $300 difference. That's a significant benefit though. But when I go from that high sense to the Bose Smart Soundbar 900, which is $1,400, which is effectively twice the price, I'm not getting twice the experience. Okay. It becomes very incremental at this point. So this soundbar, the Bose Smart Soundbar 900, um, is one of the most beautiful and best sounding soundbars uh, I've ever tested. And I've tested a lot. I've tested Bang & Olufsen. I've tested Bowers & Wilkins, Sonos, Bose name them. I've tested a lot of the brands. This one is extremely impressive. Now, in looks, it's gorgeous. It's like a rectangular, I don't know, prism, it's like a big iPhone design, but stretched long ways. Um, it's just a gorgeous block that sits on your entertainment unit. Yes, again, you can wall mount it. I don't wall mount them because I test them and then pack them away. <clears throat> but at $1,400, it is an investment. So with that, it has to have that premium design. You know, that Hisense, which I mentioned before, it ain't sexy. It ain't sexy. It's just a big black soundbar. Um, it looks, it's a very meshy design. Whereas this has got some glossy elements. It's like that piano black style finish if you get it in black or piano white finish if you get it in white. But it's also got this beautiful silver grill and it's got these very obvious sections which do show where the speakers plan on firing. So you've got two very obvious spots at the top of the soundbar to show that the audio will be firing out from there to hit your ceiling to go behind you, as well as on the sides and on the front, you've got some very obvious areas where the engineering has stepped in to overcome the design. This is just as wide as that Sonos speaker, uh, not Sonos, the high sense one, I should say. And there are some differences here. Now we've, now we've got the voice assistants built in. We can choose of Google or Amazon. We can talk to them. Now, what that means though, isn't just what's the weather, you can do that or play music, but you can actually walk into the living room and just ask one of those, vo those voice assistants to turn the TV on or to turn the TV on and put it on channel 10 or to walk into the living room and say, open, I don't know, Stranger Things on Netflix and it will start. It will turn the TV on, move to Netflix and start playing Stranger Things. When you're carrying a pizza, 
and a beer. That can be a huge advantage when you can walk in the living room and just ask for all those commands without touching the remote. That's a very nice thing to happen. Even for controlling the volume or for pausing content, a nice benefit when you can do that. Now, what's interesting is this is just the soundbar. This is not a subwoofer. This is not rear speakers, just the soundbar 1399. You can buy a subwoofer that goes with it. You can buy rear speakers that go with it. However, in my experience, it's not mandatory in that you would probably really enjoy watching content on this soundbar maybe for a year. And then you might think, I'm going to go buy the sub and you can expand. I might get the rear speakers. You can expand. And when you do that, it will all retune itself again to make sure it uses its benefits where possible. Now, in terms of tuning, what they've done here is they've actually included this headset. And it's very interesting. They include a headset inside the box, which you plug into the soundbar. It's got like the world's longest cord. You put it on your head. There's no actual cups on your ears. It's just microphones built into this headset. And you go and sit down. You go and sit down exactly where you would be sitting in your home theater, your living room, whatever it is. And then it tunes exactly to the precision of where you'll be sitting the most. And that's an amazing thing to experience. And it makes a massive difference. Now, you probably are wondering as well why I didn't say the Sonos Arc as this soundbar replacement. And it was tempting. I've got both. I've got both. I've had them side by side. And the Sonos Arc is an incredible soundbar. It has the voice assistant built in, but not to the same integration that the Bose one has. Secondly, the Sonos one is less obvious as a soundbar. It's quite, um, I don't want to say dull, but it's, it, it sits there. It's, it doesn't make a big scene. It's not dramatic. It's not glossy. Um, it's un unintrusive. With that said, though, the ARC performs best when the sub is involved, whereas the Soundbar 900 on its own against the ARC on its own outshined. And that's why I've chosen this one over the Sonos is actually coming back to the audio experience that on price, they're very similar, but I would choose the Bose over the Sonos in this instance. I haven't tested the Soundbar 900 with the sub, but I have tested the Arc with the sub and even the rear speakers, and it's exceptional. So you would not be disappointed if you can afford to go all Sonos because maybe you've already got Sonos products in the home. You won't be disappointed with the Sonos Arc, trust me. But when it comes to putting these two individual soundbars side by side, I went with the Bose. The Sonos, I think, in the Ray is really... There is, there is comparable products out there, but it's not necessarily a competition. That Ray is stunning for $399. So coming at the top end, I've picked the Bose Soundbar 900. I think it's incredible. Again, it is expensive. You need to shop around. Bose and Sonos are less likely to be discounted compared to the likes of Samsung and Hisense and LG. Um, but I do recommend really looking at your budget, having something. Something is certainly better than nothing. If you're investing $3,000 in a TV, I'm asking you to take 20% and invest it in audio. Now, for those who prefer words over me talking, um, all of these soundbars, the images and things like that, you can actually go and see on 7news.com.au. I wrote um, this soundbar comparison for them. And I want to talk about it on the podcast as well, because I think there's some tremendous value in doing that. So I do always encourage people, if you're looking at actually spending some money on this, 
make sure you go into a store, make sure you get them to demonstrate it, hear it, stand there, close your eyes and just listen and see if it's as immersive as you want it to be and meets what you're you know, looking for in a soundbar. Again, budget plays a huge factor, but you don't have to spend too much to improve the sound quality in your living room. Now, outside of all of that, plenty of other things going on. Um, very quick rundown for everybody. We are getting heavier into TV season, as in me doing TV stuff. Um, I've been writing a stack more, a lot more magazines now, um, asking for content, and you'll start to see them coming through eventually. There is a documentary that I've now been part of, and it's about the biggest technology company on the planet. And I'm assuming at some point that will be on on a streaming platform near you. Um, it was being produced out of the UK. I'm not sure exactly where in Australia that will land, whether it's Netflix, Stan, or Amazon. We'll wait and see what happens there. But there's a number of things going on. We're putting together a huge Father's Day segment for Studio 10. Uh, and we're looking to potentially do a massive giveaway on Studio 10 as well for Father's Day. So if you are someone who needs a lot of gadgets, and I'm talking about a lot of gadgets, Um, potentially everything I talk about on that segment, we might give away. So I'm really excited to see what we do there. So there's a lot going on. There is some big stuff coming in the land of robots. And I can't wait to talk about that probably in a week's time, maybe two weeks time. Uh, But stay tuned there. The wheels are certainly in motion. I can say that much. And it's just ramping up to be a great end of the year. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you do have any questions, you know, you can always reach me. And I look forward to speaking to you again each and every week on this show that we call Technology Uncorked.